Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Built Bar, a new snack in town. You're going to love it. Um, you know, we just both discovered yesterday that Stu said, you know, you should try putting them in the fridge. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, we eat them. We keep them in the fridge. When they're cold, they're even better. Yeah, or you could just keep them out here because it's 12 degrees in this room. So no, it's not. It is a, it's a toasty 64. It's a toasty 64. I thought we had agreed to 65. Uh, I thought we ah. agreed to 62. But anyway, uh, Built Bar. Built Bar. Uh, get your Built Bar now. They are really, really good. Try the nine flavors. Find your favorites. Uh, but they taste like candy bars. But they are low-calorie, low-carb, high in protein, high in fiber. You're going to love them. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and save 15% off your first order. It is promo code BEC15 at Built.com. That is Built.com. Senator Rand Paul. <laughs> On Afghanistan, on Blinken, on General Milley, uh, on the vaccine mandate. Anything else on the list? Yesterday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was grilled by Senator Paul over the uh, target of a U.S. drone strike. Who we just can't. We don't know. We don't know. We're investigating. How? There's nobody on the ground. We're investigating. and can't talk about it right now to you, senators. You might let something out. It might, you know, I don't know. What? Embarrass you? How could these people be more embarrassed? We are letting in men with child brides. Blinken uh, testified to that yesterday. The manifest. Oh, we're not turning those manifests over. Maybe, maybe. I don't I don't want to give a number, but, you know, a few hundred. Really? Because you've given two manifests of ours, and we've kept all the records. 2,000 people. 2,000 people. Uh, that you have uh, done that to just just with us. Uh, then we have General Milley and then the vaccine mandate. Where do we start with Rand Paul? I'm going to let him decide in 60 seconds. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I want you to uh, know a bit, little bit about LifeLock. There, uh, there are two popular forms of uh, cybercrime right now. Ransomware extortion attacks on corporate networks, you know, the corporate networks that often have your customer information attached to them. You don't want to be a part of any of these things that are happening and be a part of a cyber criminal's big payday. Cybercrime is affecting our lives because we have so much interconnection with each other and all of our information is out on the web. Our kids are out on the uh, the internet as well every day we don't know 
what's out there. You need to know. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft. Nobody can monitor everything. But LifeLock is the best in the business, and they will look for a wide range of threats. And if something happens, let's say your social security number or, God forbid, your all of your banking information is out for sale on the dark web, they will alert you. But not just that. They have a team there of specialists that will work with you to fix it. It's lifelock.com. Get 25% off your first year right now if you use the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. Lifelock.com. Senator Rand Paul, where would you like to begin, sir? I think General Milley is the most pressing problem of the moment. Um, We can't have generals talking to foreign countries and saying, hey, we think our president might bomb you, so be prepared. I'm going to try to stop him. That actually might cause an accidental war. Think about it. We have different things that are launched into space all the time, satellites, this and that, and they can be misinterpreted as a missile. Yes. If they were, we call each other and say, no, that's a satellite, not a missile. But what if a general has just called the Chinese dictator and said, our president is going to probably launch, I'll try to stop him, but we think he might launch an attack. They might interpret a satellite and some kind of launch into space as a missile, and all of a sudden you have a nuclear war going on. It's incredibly dangerous, not to mention that there are a host of reasons we have a chain of command, not to mention that we have elections. Presidents are elected. Millie wasn't elected to be president. I can't, you can't, I can't even tell you how, how incredibly dangerous this is. He needs to be called in today and asked under polygraph what he said to the Chinese president or to his counterpart in China, and was, did he have permission to do so? Now, they just, uh, they just, they just released um, some information, the Pentagon did, that said these happen all the time, and there were lots of people on the call, and it happened with the State Department. But did it happen with the president's permission? The State Department does a lot of things where they don't, they don't care who the president is. That's not our system. So is there any circumstance where this would be, as far as you understand it today, where this would be acceptable? I think it depends on what is said. I mean, if he was insinuating that he would go outside the chain of command and that the president was capable of launching an attack on China, um, that to me is something he should be cashiered. He should be court-martialed. But, you know, everybody gets their day in court, so we need to know what's true and what's not true. And so we need to, to hear from him. But this accusation, you talk about a bombshell, this is a bombshell accusation, but it kind of fits with a guy that seems to be a chameleon. You know, he sort of tried to act as if he was supportive of President Trump's policy. He immediately becomes some sort of politically correct culture warrior when when Biden is elected. Um, You know, many people who are rank and file, and I talk to people in the military all the time, will tell me that these people who rise up to the top end up becoming more politicians yep. and military leaders. But, you know, you want another excuse for, for getting rid of Millie? Look at the disastrous withdrawal. I mean, you can't imagine a more disastrous withdrawal from right. Afghanistan. And uh, the decision to give up Bagram Air Force Base before the Americans were, were, were exited from the country is probably one of the worst military decisions and that alone ought to get Millie fired may i may i just uh, bring up an idea you know the uh, yesterday the senate received a lot of uh promotion nominations uh in the armed services and usually it just kind of it just happens with the senate and the armed forces committee 
Is there, um, I mean, is there anything to the idea of just saying we're not promoting anyone until this man um, resigns? No promotions. We're not considering it until this man resigns. It's a thought. I would have to think through it, and I don't have the power. The chairman of the Armed Service Committee does. That's uh, a Democrat, but I think the ranking member also may be able to hold up promotions. Yeah. You're right. It's rarely done, but I'm not so sure uh, punishing the prom- people being promoted actually causes him to fire Millie. If you actually think it will, that they would back down, or if there's any precedent for it. But I have to think through it, you know, because it's also... You know, do you punish somebody that's been in the military for 20, 25, 30 years that's getting their promotion? So I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. I do think that all of those who have a position to voice their opinion should be saying that Millie needs to be asked directly in an interview, um, I think, with polygraph included, you know, whether or not he insinuated that the president of the United States uh, might attack them, that he was going to stop it. If he said that in a conversation, boy, we need him out of government, and the sooner the better. And we need him out of the Pentagon if he didn't vigorously disagree with the president. I mean, I I support... Um, you know, we have a system of, of checks and balances and we have a constitution and we have a civilian run military. And if the president uh, disagrees with the advice, then they either have to put their stars on the table and then go talk to the press uh, or they have to execute it. And if it is a legal order like Afghanistan was, but a crazy one, um, you either fight against it. And if you if, if this was your best effort to make it good, you need to resign. We just we just need to say this guy is incapable of making uh, a good decision here. Incapable. There's a great there's a great deal of irony in the fact that the left clamors on a daily basis about how Trump was an authoritarian and wanting to uh subvert democracy and yet here we have a president i mean a general wanting to subvert the chain of command the idea of civilian run military etc um everything that the left says was wrong about trump they were actually plotting to do this morning on cnn uh apologist they even got they trotted out vindman who even vindman this was a terrible thing to do but then they trot out uh, former general west clark to say oh this is all just uh normal discussions between countries i guess it's normal for them to say oh we think the president's going to attack you so it really depends on what was said and i kind of doubt that kind of language would have been on a group phone call yeah if you're going to say something like that i would think it'd be more one-on-one but the only way to get to the bottom of it is to ask him and have have him take a polygraph test on what was said so i can't imagine this was in a big conference call i would think that this had to have been in a one-on-one call if it happened you have blinken yesterday um you would not let him go over the target of the u.s drone strike we knew there was something wrong from the beginning because they wouldn't even say who the target was or who they killed now they're saying uh, oh we're looking into it how are we looking into it with no one on the ground how are we looking into that well And here's the thing is they hide behind the classification. Initially, they weren't hiding. They were saying they killed a top-level ISIS-K operative. That's what they said they announced. And yet, yesterday in the hearing, he says he either doesn't know if it was an operative or an aid worker, and then he says it's not the right forum. So this is the way they hide. Initially, they were bragging in an unclassified way that they got this guy, and now they're saying, well, we can't tell you there's going to be an investigation, and we frankly – but he did admit – They don't know. That's why they're investigating. And I would think that they might, 
make some decisions and, and, and think about the consequences of killing an aid worker and 12 to 14 young people or kids in that area, that creates, you know, hundreds and hundreds of potential terrorists that will hate America for generations. And really, there was something we could have done in practical fashion. It, let's say that we take them at face value and they didn't think that the government and the Bagram Air Force Base would have been overrun so quickly. One thing you could have done is as soon as the Taliban took possession of, of Bagram Air Force Base, they should have said you have three minutes to leave. The vehicles were blowing up everything. Yep. And or, or if you don't exit the base, we're blowing up the whole base. Yep. And look, I've been against most wars. I've been against uh, the war in Afghanistan. I've been for coming home for a long time. But I would have given that order in a heartbeat to blow up Bagram Air Force Base on the way out, though. No plane was useful. No plane was left standing. No Humvee. Um, if there are caches of arms, they would have been blown up as well. But uh, just what a disaster. And I just hope people get the right lesson of this. It's, you know, some on the other side are saying the lesson is we should have stayed forever. I think the lesson is we stayed 20 years and they didn't fight one day. You know, the president left one day. Nobody fought. Not one shot was fired to defend Bagram Air Force Base and not one shot was fired to defend Kabul. That's an indictment of, of, of uh, nation building and shows that 20 years and trillions of dollars didn't form a country out of these people. They were unwilling I, to fight for their own. I country. have to tell you, I think uh, I think there's something else and I think this will ring true to you. Um, we there were there were those who uh, listened to the people in Afghanistan. That's a tribal nation. They never wanted to be Afghanistan, one nation. It's a tribal nation. And the tribes all went to the Trump administration and then early on the Biden administration saying, please, let us have local control to be able to vote in our own governor, our own mayor and our own uh, police chief. But they were all appointed by the national government. So there was no loyalty there. Nobody wanted to fight for any of these people. And those guys were just getting fat and rich. We need to stay out of people's business and let people decide their own fate. There was a great article by Rod Dreyer a while back uh, from the American Conservative magazine. And he wrote about uh, when Afghan was lost. And he, he showed a video of some woman giving a uh, discussion of Dadaist art and Marcel Duchamp, the guy who did the urinal about yeah, 100 yeah. years ago, the urinal is art. Yeah. <laughs> and they showed this woman, this professor, explaining to the Afghans why this is art. And it's like, if there's ever been an indictment of Western decadence and why they don't want to accept our ways, putting a urinal as art, out as art, these people are rolling their eyes. There was no way they could even conceive of how stupid it is that a urinal is art. But that's the kind of crap we were spending our money trying to teach people who were like, are you kidding me? We're trying to grow enough crops to eat this year. We need to have fresh right. water. We don't need to be looking at a urinal that you idiots in the West believe is ours. And by the way, that was against the Dadaist movement. Their point was, <laughs> you're all, you're crazy. Art is becoming crazy. We can say whatever. We can put a urinal on the wall and call it art, and you'll buy it. And they did, yeah. and they're defending it. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, let me ask you quickly. We, we, I mean, we have so many people. Uh, Blinken absolutely lying under oath yesterday, um, and we can make that case as we uh, finish our operations. Um, but uh, he was lying yesterday. We have Fauci lying uh, I'd like to share some information with you offline at some point on uh, a special that we're going to be doing about Fauci. Um, 
is we have our constitution hanging by a thread and i fear that we have some sort of dhs led it feels like um protest uh march in washington dc about 700 people we've done all kinds of research we can't find anything that there's no excitement behind this and yet they're putting razor wire up what are we where are we Ram. Well, haven't you heard Nancy? Haven't you heard Nancy Pelosi? We're going to prevent another armed insurrection. And uh, my question is, well, you know, the people and some people did misbehave and should be punished from January 6th, but none of them were armed. And so it's like we're, we're doing this ridiculous thing of putting razor wire up in the fence again because they're creating a mirage. But, you know, George W. Bush bought right into this and his speech was yes. really should terrify all of us. He said that people who are protesting on January 6th were essentially al-Qaeda, but this is another Rod Dreyer article from yesterday that was just amazing where he says the apparatus that we established, this massive invasive surveillance system that can surveil anybody in the world, will now be turned against Americans with the imprimatur of George W. Bush saying, yes, these people are as dangerous al-Qaeda, so we need to have observing of their activities mm. we need to have them in jail we don't need to have trials because trials take too long we don't need to have juries because juries will be too judicious we need to put these people in jail and that's what's happened that's the response to january 6th and look i voted to seat the electors on january 6th i thought what president trump was arguing was not the correct argument no. and yet the people who showed up on january 6th do not deserve to be rotting in jail and treated as if they were murderers um, I would like to invite you publicly to uh, come on the podcast. No commercials, just an hour. Because honestly, Rand, I think we're at a place now where people don't know what to do and they need good, sound, constitutional reasoning uh, on these on these issues and and advice on how to make a difference. Will you join me on a podcast? Can we reach out? And- sure. And, sure. And I think the thing is, is if you'll give me one second, yeah. one thing that I try to do in every interview, people don't know what to believe on COVID. If you get it, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, there is a treatment, but there's a window of time when you get it. It's called IV monoclonal antibodies. It can save your life, but there's been no announcement from the government. I've helped three people get this treatment in the last week, and yet nobody knows about it because Fauci's talking about masks which largely don't work, but you're going to get it. And if you do get it and you're getting sick, you need to ask your doctor about monoclonal antibodies. They also won't give it to you if you're admitted. So if you go to the emergency room and they say they're going to admit you, you have to ask, can you give me the monoclonal antibodies in the emergency room? Because if you cross the doorway, Fauci and the government won't let you have it once you cross the doorway from the emergency room to the hospital. Everybody needs to know this because you have to take into your own hands your health care, and people are still getting sick and dying from COVID, but you need to take this into your own hands because the government is still completely screwing this up. I don't understand. I just don't understand. I can't find good reasons for any of this stuff happening. Um, Rand Paul, thank you so much. Thanks for standing up for the Constitution. Thank you for everything that you're doing on uh, COVID-19 as well. Keep up the fight. Senator Rand, Thanks, you bet. Senator Rand Paul. Renee writes in uh, from Florida to talk about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She uh, wrote in, she said, Glenn, ever since I started using Rough Greens, my, la- uh, my Labrador's f- uh, food has sat in the bowl, and then I put Rough Greens on it, and y- I've seen such amazing differences. Her coat 
is so much shinier. Her breath is even better. I'm a believer. I love knowing that she's now getting the nutrients that don't make it into her kibble food. Thank you so much for Rough Greens. You're welcome, Renee. Uh, I will tell you, I don't think I've noticed. Maybe I have. I'm trying to think because Uno doesn't. He's not a, like a kissy dog. But man, he's a big dog. And when he comes in and he's like, oh, oh, you're like, <laughs> it's like a gas chamber. Uh, but I haven't noticed that lately. So maybe I have noticed his breath. But I've just noticed a huge difference in his attitude and his um, willingness to play all the time. He's like a puppy dog again. Roughgreens.com slash back. Not a dog food. You put it on whatever you're feeding your dog. And it has all of the stuff they need. 833-GLEN-33. You can get a free bag just to check it out. Roughgreens.com slash back. Or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Glen 33. Roughgreens.com slash back 10 seconds station ID okay tonight is a very very important um, episode of our Wednesday night specials in fact the next few are really extremely important tonight first comes the crisis then comes the expansion There are three crises that the federal government is currently seizing on to give them carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want to. Climate change, COVID, and January 6th. January 6th is being weaponized to further empower the new overlords of our country, the intelligence community. Rand was just talking about this. Look at what's happening at the Capitol Police. Tonight, I'm going to lay out what's happening with the Capitol Police. It is truly frightening. You want to talk about a secret police. It is the Capitol Police, and they are being formed or transformed into, quote, an intelligence gathering organization. They're hiding basic information regarding January 6th. Why didn't they release the names of the officer that that uh, was involved in the shooting of uh, Ashley Babbitt? Where's the 14,000 plus hours of CCTV footage? The intelligence organization knows it's best to operate outside the realms of oversight. And there is no oversight. If you think this sounds bad, wait until I reveal how the intelligence community has already morphed into a strongman for the federal government. Weaponized by Barack Obama and unfortunately unleashed with President Trump. Don't miss tonight's show, Weaponizing Crisis, Exposing the Hidden Hand after January 6th. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Also, you can find it on Blaze TV YouTube. Right after a brand new (laughs) Stu Does America. Oh my gosh, he was just waiting for that Mm -hmm. the whole time. Totally. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Is that all you do? Right after. (laughs) I I think I pay you just to say that. Pretty much. All right. I want to talk to you for a minute or two about AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. The group is now over 2 million members, strong and growing. AMAC just isn't the type of group that you want to join when you're 50 or older. It is the group you want to join. The benefits are amazing. They really are. Insurance discounts, travel benefits, all of that stuff. But just as important, and I think even maybe more important, is their advocacy. 
The members of AMAC played a significant role in stopping the passage of House Resolution 1, the Pelosi federal takeover of all of the election legislation. And now they're being asked to do exactly the same to stop Senate passage of House Resolution 4, another terrible bill to take over and federalize our elections. The time is now. We must stand together or they're going to pick us off one by one. Join AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits, the information. AMAC.us slash Beck. Join them now. AMAC.us slash Beck. If you go to blazetv.com slash Glenn tonight, you'll have a brand new fantastic show from Glenn Beck right after a brand new Stu Does America. This country is so completely out of control and there is no responsibility there's no responsibility from blinken there's no responsibility from the president and what happened in afghanistan there's no responsibility from uh general milley does anybody actually think any of these things are going to be uh paid for if if, you know or even even seriously be looked at where there's a serious penalty that could happen. One of the other things that happened this week is um, Twitter blocking the Hunter Biden story. The SEC said that wasn't election interference. How? How? That buried a major story that was really important for the American people to understand. There are crimes being committed by Joe Biden and his family, and they involve China, among other nations. You you cannot have a president who is compromised. How is that not election interference? Jason Chaffetz is uh, with us. He's the Distinguished Fellow at uh, Government Accountability Institute. He was the uh, House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, for the Republicans. Uh, back in the day. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. I, how do I become a distinguished fellow at any, I mean, like at Whataburger anywhere? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. Distinguished fellow. Government accountability. I know. Doesn't I, that sound official? I does. mean, I made that up. I submitted it. They said, okay. And they and said, thought, okay. Wow. wow, that's great. Okay, so Jason. I tried to use that when I bought my groceries, but yeah. I didn't get it. Didn't work. I didn't get a discount. Yeah. I know. Uh, I try to work. use my, I try to use my doctorate. Uh, and it doesn't work. Nobody buys into it. Anyway, uh, Jason, tell me, tell me about what you know about the laptop, because um, uh, Peter uh, Swizer is doing a book coming out in January, and I've talked to him on and off air, and it is loaded with facts that uh, that Joe Biden knows there is evidence that he knew and was involved in massive corruption. Yeah, it, it, look, Peter Schweitzer has earned a reputation over the years of doing some very thorough research, and he's the one who leads the Government Accountability Institute. And so what you look at is not only do you have the laptop, but then if you cross-reference it with what Senator Johnson found in the Secret Service records, and then you cross-reference it again with other emails, perhaps those that are on the receiving end of those emails, then you've triangulated it and you have a really good picture that this is authentic material. And as you said, Glenn, it does 
go directly to the greater Biden family, their dealings in China, their dealings in in Ukraine. And the, the one that really bothers me is what was going on in Mexico, because that was as strong of a case for quid pro quo as you could ever possibly make. I'm not sure I know the the Mexico connection. Tell me that story. At one point, Hunter Biden is frustrated. He says he's about he's on Air Force Two. He's about to go with his father to Mexico. And he's telling the former grandson or the former uh, the grandson of the former president of Mexico. Look, I'm coming there. I've already brought you into the White House. I've gotten you every meeting at the White House you've asked for. I brought you into the vice president's residence. You've met with my father uh, along the way, I've given you all the access. I need to see the compensation for that in terms of a contract. We're landing in Mexico City. I want you to be there, but I have to have essentially the money. That That is in black and white in his words telling us. Now, you can take that information and backtrack it and go look at the Secret Service records and understand that these people did have access to the White House Correct. and to the vice president's residence. You have this in China. I mean, you know, I I look at what happened at the Bagram uh, Air Force Base and the fact that now that's becoming a Chinese base, it looks like. And we just handed over, what, a billion dollar, billion and a half dollar Air Force Base strategically located, and we handed it to the Chinese. And I look at the relationship that Joe Biden has with the uh, Chinese and quite honestly, they're selling his son's artwork to the Chinese. That's not for Americans. That's to the Chinese. And it's clearly a money laundering system. At least it look it has all of the earmarks of a money laundering system. Um, and I wonder, what are there deals? Did we just give this base away for favors? I don't know. Well, all you have to do is go back at last year, the United States Senate, it was actually Senator Carper, who is the, the senator uh, from Delaware, uh, and was long time, he was the other senator from Delaware, um, and um, uh, Senator Portman issued a report, and they said, if you want to launder money, the way you do it is through dealing of art. That's how the Russian oligarchs are getting around the sanctions. That's how the Russians are moving the money. So you have a report that's just over 12 months old from the United States Senate saying this is how to do it as as if it was the blueprint. And then you have all these nefarious dealings that really do beg the question. Bagram is about 25 miles north of Kabul airport. I've flown in and out of both airports. One's secure, one's and safer. The other one, man, not so much. Why give up the Bagram Air Force Base when you know you have to extract Americans? There are so many questions that have to be answered. And the other thing I would mention that most people don't realize, the one asset that, that Afghanistan truly has is a major copper mine. It's one of the biggest copper mines in the world. Yep. Run, operated by the Chinese. And they have strategic interests there. And it just begs the question, can Joe Biden actually do anything or is he what is he doing uh, that that that's a fair question so you um you were on the house oversight committee so you know what's out of the norm and what's not let's just go through uh, some of these what's what's going on with the secretary of state how far out of the norm is that 
totally, completely. Um, I, I, I don't understand what he's doing, how he's doing it. it. But my experience also is these people don't just run amok. They don't, they don't just oh, go off and do their own thing. You have to look at the White House and wonder who's pulling the triggers there. Correct. And then you go back and you see the same cast of characters like Susan Rice, yes. for instance. And then you start to think, okay, we've seen this movie before. Literally. Um, and we're having the same results. Who's pulling the triggers? Okay, so General Milley. Yesterday, it was, it was alleged in a book by uh, uh, Bob Woodward. It comes out next week. We don't know all of the details, but the details we do have, even Trump said, I don't believe it. But if it's true, it's treasonous. Where he called his longtime buddy, who is the uh, the basic joint chiefs of staff, his counterpart over in China twice and said, look, if there's going to be a war or anything or if the president goes crazy, I'll call you in advance. You don't do that. That's that's outside of the chain of command in our Constitution. How common is this, Jason? How out of the norm is this? Well, it better not be common and normal. I've never heard of it to that degree. Look, General Milley needs to come forward and say, yes, that's true, and then resign and probably probably be uh, you know charged with treason and tried. Or he needs to say, no, that's not true, and this is the truth. Um, there are other parts of that book, quite frankly, Glenn, that don't make a whole lot of sense, at least based on the Washington Post account that I've read it. I haven't read the book. Um, but General Milley, in his own voice, if he starts to use a spokesperson, if he starts to use somebody who's written something out of the Pentagon, then my inclination is, yeah, it probably is true. Well, that's what and happened it today. Makes it all the worse. That's that's that, what that's the key indicator right there. Yeah. Now, Fauci, Fauci uh, is way out of control, and now we're using the we're using OSHA as a threat to use this public-private partnership with these giant corporations to enforce a vaccine on the American people. Um, the president has no ability to do this, but that doesn't stop them from defying the Supreme Court uh, when it comes to HHS suspending all uh, you know, loans and, and repossessions. They just keep doing it. How out of the norm is that? Well, I saw that to be more and more common. Look, I was elected same time as Barack Obama and and Joe Biden was back in 2008. And I was uh, on the oversight committee for the eight years in which they had that, that presidency. It became more and more common, at least from my perception, as time went on, that they would just do things, hope right. throwing up up against the wall. And then seeing if the if the Republicans could get it struck down in the courts and every once in a while, they'd be surprised and say, oh, my gosh, we actually got that through it because they would never be able to do it legislatively. They would never be able to use the, the proper balance and tools of power that they've been given. But they just do it. And then you have to go to court to pull it and yank it back down. Unfortunately, that's more common. Fauci should go. He should be the subject of an investigation. I do not understand, Glenn why the Democrats who have the House and the Senate aren't probing the origins of COVID. Yep. Uh, they aren't doing a serious investigation on the border. And uh, they're really going to just quickly get in and out of this Afghanistan situation. Those three demand serious investigations. 
Fauci being the subject of that investigation should either step aside or be forced to step aside. I think he should be fired, dismissed. I don't have trust in him, but he's there and would be the subject of an investigation, which is just not right. Do we, are we a banana republic? Is there a rule of law for the elites in America today? I think that's, you know, there was a great piece written recently that I read. It says that, that this is what was attracting uh, so many people to the world. The world, the, the attractant to the United States was the rule of law. Yes. But you just wonder, is there an application of justice? You know, the, one of the biggest frustrations I had through the years, I have pointed out problems, people that should have handcuffs. People say, but nothing happens. And, you know, they don't give members of Congress handcuffs, uh, nor do nor should they. But you you see this stuff in black and lo- in white, like Hunter Biden, going back to him, that alleged violation with his handgun. Why is that yeah. not being prosecuted? Yeah. Why is that not being prosecuted? I don't have good answers to that other than if you know if you're a Biden or a Clinton or somebody of a political elite. Yeah, you just don't have to play by the same rules. What should Americans do? They need to be continually vigorous in, in pointing these things out. Stick to the facts. Continue to make the case. But these things, you know, they require winning elections. And um, I, I wish I had a, a silver bullet. But you know what? I still believe this is the greatest country on the face of the planet and, and, and that truth will, will prevail. But they got to be vigilant and not listen to this woke crowd that wants to shoot them down at every level. I just hope America gets collectively gets its act together and says, yeah, the rule of law is a little bit more important than making sure that, you know, Hunter Biden has a comfortable life. Jason Chaffetz, um, the author of a book, They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste, distinguished fellow of the Government Accountability Institute and the former uh, House Oversight Committee chairman. Thanks so much for being on with us, Jason. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Glenn. You bet. You can follow him at uh, jasoninthehouse.com or just Jason in the House on uh, Twitter or wherever. All right, let me tell you about uh, my Patriot Supply. Um, Next week or the week after, I'm going to be telling you what's coming with the economy um, uh, because everything that built our nation is being systematically dismantled and destroyed. And it's going to come quickly when this happens, it's going to happen like a thief in the night, please. um, If you can see the writing on the wall, you have a couple of responsibilities. Uh, One to warn everybody that you can prepare yourself, prepare for impact. The second thing you have to do is be prepared for impact. May I suggest My Patriot Supply? My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, they have, you should have at least a month's worth of emergency food for everybody in your family, not to mention water purifiers, solar battery chargers, emergency lighting, heating, first aid supplies. You name it, you should have it. MyPatriotSupply.com. Now is the time to get serious again, please. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
There is a uh, apparently a rally going on. We find very little uh, activity on this at all. Um, about maybe 600 people. That's what the DHS is saying is going to attend this rally this weekend in Washington, D.C. But they're putting up the razor wire and everything else. To me, uh, this is such a dangerous thing because I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced people of good intent are going to be the only people there. And uh, I could say, you know, people of bad intent on the right. No, I, I would. <laughs> I mean, if I were on the left and I was nefarious and I didn't care the ends justify the means, I would use a rally like that. I would infiltrate, look like somebody that was uh, exactly what's described uh, and uh, cause trouble. Blow something up, kill somebody, shoot, stab, do something, throw a chair through a window, uh, because that's that's the only thing left. Right now, they have convinced the Democrats that uh, 50, I think it's 57 percent of Democrats believe that Trump voters and non-vaxxers, uh, which they equate to Trump voters, are the biggest danger to America. Please, if you are doing anything Please stay away from people that you do not know. Make sure that um, you are well aware of your surroundings uh, because these are very, very dangerous times. And one more January 6th and you won't have the freedom to be listening to shows like this, I believe. This is the Glenn Beck Program.